You are listening to The Message, a podcast by The Last Ghost. Please be advised, this episode may contain some bad language. Enjoy. Hello everyone, hope you're all doing well. My name is Craig, aka The Last Ghost, or at least that's the name I record music under. Welcome to episode 6 of the, the Message podcast. So I was going to knock up another episode like the last time when I was playing music by uh, independent artists like I did last week, which I really enjoyed and hopefully if anyone's had the chance to listen to that one, might have enjoyed it as well. But uh, I'm going to go to a different track instead. Feeling a bit hungover, a bit nostalgic today. So let's uh, let's go on a journey through time and space. So I'm going to go down the rabbit hole, the uh, music that I was involved in uh, back over the last 25 years, believe it or not, uh, and play some music from that time and beyond, and uh, music by other artists as well that were in the same kind of uh, circle, uh, and stuff that they did later, stuff that I did later, ended up back in 2021 by the end of this podcast, so strap yourselves in, we're going deep. So let's start at the very beginning. 1996, I was in a band called The Rain. Uh, it was a five-piece band, Edinburgh. Everybody in it was from the Big D, Renette. And we uh, recorded a lot of stuff. we done a lot of gigs. It was a really exciting time. We were all young. I was 19 when I joined that band uh, as drummer. We were a four-piece at that point. Then we added the drummer. Uh, and then the lineup was myself, Craig Arnott, Alan Grierson, Rory McKenna, John Murphy. 25 years ago, I can't get my head around that, it could have possibly been 25 years ago, it's crazy that. But anyway, let's start with the first song that we recorded, we used to record all our practices and uh, listen to them in taxis and stuff like that when we were going around and just listen to them and try and refine them and get really excited by what we were doing. The first time we ever really recorded something properly in a, uh, I say studio, it was actually just in a rehearsal room. Uh, the the place where we used to practice would record you uh, for quite a, a reasonable fee. Uh, so this demo here that ended up on a compilation called Bands for Sale is actually recorded live in the room. Now I think there's probably a couple of overdubs in this, but I don't remember us having headphones on or anything like that or being in booths or anything, so I suspect the instruments were just mic'd up in the room itself with probably minimal uh, separation and we just blasted out live. At that point, we could uh, we could play it in our sleep. We probably played it a thousand times, uh, and yeah, this is brings me down from 1996 by the rain.
You really got me. I was waiting on it singing that at the end. So just as that song ended when we used to play it live, just because it ends with that, used to always just sing on top of that, you really got me, which was a wee nod to the kinks at the end there. I don't know why that's on the recording, actually. Maybe we got scared that the kinks were going to come after us and sue us. But aye, 1996, that first band, just absolute hilarious. Just had each other in stitches all the time. It was an absolute riot every time we got together and just just brilliant. Loved that. Loads of great stories about that band and that time and stuff that happened, shenanigans and stuff like that, but none of it broadcastable, I'm afraid. So I mentioned that song was on a uh, compilation album called Bands for Sale, which was uh, a big deal at the time to get on a compilation CD that was knocking around Edinburgh. Before the internet, obviously, before you could just get stuff out there really easily, you'd have to try and get yourself on a compilation CD. Uh, who managed to get on that one? I can't quite remember who managed to get on that, but it was it was a decent uh, decent bit of exposure for us at that point. One thing I remember about that, that CD, though, uh, there's maybe 16 songs in it, and I can't really remember many of them at all. Obviously, our one. But uh, weirdly, there was another one on there by a band called The Reels, and I don't think we ever played with this band or we ever even really met them. But that song just kind of became legendary in our, our flat. We had a sort of HQ, and uh, we played that song more than we played our own song. Uh, it's called Fat Babies, and it's quite weird uh, because we probably th- listened to it first for the kind of comedy factor because we thought it was quite weird, quite a bizarre wee song. But after a while, we actually really got to like it. And even now, 25 years on, still remember that song and still talk about it. Really odd wee song. Let's get a wee listen. Fat Babies by The Reels. I'm ready to live my better days Going running 
fight till I fight, lady sing People's they're waiting for a train day after day But where are they going? I don't care If they get there Jet plane, my life's insane And I've got some plans to get to Where I'm going to Going round and round and round again Remember it's a life we chose, my friends And even if the world can make the grave Till the fight lay the same twenty five year old tune that from a band called the Reels. Uh, mad that uh, if they were twenty five years old then you know they're fifty now, crazy. Just kind of got me thinking, eh? I mean, whatever became of them, did they continue as a band? Did they ever uh, get any other songs released? Did they do a lot of gigs? Now they're 50 or, you know, between, I don't know, 45 and 50, I would guess. Uh, did they get everything they ever wanted? Did they achieve their dreams? Did they have a family? Did they get married? Are they still alive? Who knows? I like how I'm saying, did they have a family? As if the deals was just like one big entity. had <laughs> a family. Maybe they had some fat babies. So on with the Nostalgia Fest, let's cut to two years later. Band at that point was called Rainmaker. Lineup was largely the same. Uh, but we did have a different drummer with Douglas, and we did have Chris on bass and Sarah Rory. Uh, but the song I'm going to play now, Rory didn't play on this recording, but he would have played that song live a hundred times. Uh, this is called About You by Rainmaker, 1998. <laughs> Follow me out And from the first 
1998 recording sound station studios in Galashiels. As I mentioned by that point, we had uh, Chris and Douglas in the band that replaced uh, John and Rory. Uh, John and Rory would have both both played that song uh, while while it was becoming uh, you know a sort of rain song probably initially, and I'm sure we played it live uh, with the rain in our first gigs, and they kind of shaped it with those guys. But by the time we got down to recording it, it was with Rainmaker and a slightly different lineup. Okay, let's fast forward a wee bit in the musical journey we're on today. After uh, Rainmaker, I had a band called Ampersand. I'm really good at I didn't have a recording. Uh, we didn't really record much. In fact, we weren't even really together for that long. We only did one gig. So I don't have anything to play here, unfortunately. But I was in that band with uh, James Johnson. And after that band finished, him and I still dabbled with songs together and stuff like that. Uh, and... At one point we went down to his brother's place uh, in Bristol and recorded something called the Bristol Sessions. So the idea behind it was that uh, James and I would go down, we'd hook up with Jed, we'd each take a song uh, or two that we'd written. None of the others had probably heard each other's song. We'd go into a studio for a day, Jed had access to free studio time. We'd record the songs, we'd play in each other's songs if we could, so we could manage to pick them up in time in the limited time that we had. Uh, the thing we get mixed and mastered probably in the same day, and that would be it. The Bristol sessions, chuck it out with CD, job done. 
it was a successful trip. Well, it was a a successful trip in terms of the music, but the actual experience was pretty chaotic. James and I had to get the train down to Bristol, quite a long journey, so we left at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, and that day when we were going down, I woke up with a flu, feeling terrible. Could hardly walk up to get the bus. And I was just white and felt absolutely awful and had to lug about heavy bass and overnight gear and that down to Bristol. I was not feeling it. We drank heavily for the three-day trip as well. Uh, I was ill for days when I got back. But I kind of forgot about having the flu, I suppose. It took the edge off of that. Weird memory of this, uh, the day of the recording before we went to the studio. I woke up, hung over. Jed was in his garden and his missus was cutting his hair, giving him a skinhead, shaving it. And for some reason, I just thought, do me next. I got a skinhead as well. So I was going around with the flu, white face, skinhead, hangover, into the studio to try and <laughs> record music, feeling fragile. And we did all right. We managed to get stuff down. It was, uh, it was nice. So anyway, Bristol Sessions, October 2000. Uh, the song I'm going to play from that is a song called Not So Informed. And as far as I remember, uh, Jed and I don't even play in this. I think we're just sitting in the control room, drinking heavily again, and uh, watching James laying this down, hearing it for the first time as he played it. One take, bash.
Take in and out, lovely stuff. I remember watching James recording that and uh, really enjoying it. I love his voice on that. Uh, yep, and I mentioned uh, Bristol Sessions, the collective of myself, James, and Jed Johnson. More from him later. Slight footnote on that one. Uh, I remember getting back from Bristol, I think on the Sunday, feeling really terrible, just wrecked, uh, hungover, still kind of probably a bit fluey, knackered, no sleep. And I was going to see uh, Elliot Smith that night at the Liquid Room. Figure 8 tour. Went up to Elliot Smith before the gig, skinhead, white face, hungover, bleary-eyed, asked if he wanted a pint. And he said no. I still love him though. So at the time I was doing all that stuff, uh, Alan, Craig and Douglas had a band called Rocco. Fantastic band, great songs, great live. So this is Autumn Song by Rocco. Pick out the pieces just for show I'd be too much inclined to never let you go I'll turn my peace of mind to something that I know And when you make me smile then you are on your own When I sing a song then will I
the band uh, Rocco that was a band that got away from me uh, I'd like to have been kind of part of that those songs and that experience uh, our path across again turns out that I wasn't really quite done making music with uh, Alan Craig and Douglas and as I say paths crossed again quite a bit over the years and we'll get to that stay tuned kids so let's go on a wee detour long after the dust had settled the curtain had come down on bands like Rocco The Rain Rainmaker Bristol Sessions all these things uh, Craig was a gun for hire. He was a bass commander in many bands in different genres. He was out there smashing it. Quite a lot of kid play from that era, from uh, Craig, Craig Arnott, but it's not his podcast. He's only getting one here. Good Again Remotes. The song is called Seven Words, 2004. <laughs>
good again from Oates. Monty Craig Arnott's, a.k.a. the Base Commanders, uh, several diversions in at that time. Playing with different people, doing different things. And I thought that band was really special, actually. Saw them live a few times, always great. So a few years after that, uh, myself and Alan Douglas reunited again. We had a band called Last Man Freeze All. I played bass, did some backing vocals. Alan on singing and guitar, Douglas on the drums. We uh, got some good momentum going. Douglas left us for a kind of brief period before returning. During that time, Alan and I recorded an album called An Incident in the Courtyard, 2007.
Last Man Frees All, a perfect description, 2007. I remember that, I remember being uh, at Alan's flat recording that. Uh, it was a self-produced effort. And uh, that bit of creaking that you hear at the end of that is uh, Alan records the last part, maybe it was a guitar piece, and just kind of moved in the chair and it creaked and thought, ah, that's quite weird, keep it in. So that band ended in around uh, 2013, I'd say. Uh, we were doing stuff pretty sporadically by that point. We had done a second EP. Uh, I don't think we pushed it enough, really. It was before the internet, you know, you could really push stuff heavily there. And it was kind of still in that CD era. I mean, they probably never really pushed it enough, to be honest. I seem to recall Alan and I started recording more stuff, uh, but we never finished it and it just kind of fizzled out. So the other uh, major component of that band was Douglas, Douglas the drummer. So let's pull things a bit up to date here. Uh, Douglas has done a lot of different musical projects as well with us and outside of that. His most recent release is with a band called Death Mountain, in which Douglas plays drums and bass, multi-talented guy. They released an album called If in 2020, just before the lockdown, just before things went wrong. And it's an absolutely phenomenal album. I absolutely love this record. Just brings me back to the memories of just before things closed. The last gig that we were at, me and my friends there to see Douglas's band on the launch night of this album in March. And it still kind of remains the last time we could kind of socialise together in a pub and listen to music with a few beers. There's not a bad song on this album, but I'm going to go with the track Winter, Death Mountain. Fast 
great big rock record that sounds brilliant well produced fantastic performances can't rate that highly enough so I mentioned that was the last kind of gig we could go to uh, for the time being where we could kind of meet with friends have a drink listen to live music it was a great night uh, that night I spoke to Paul Borthwick from Tronent who uh, was in the band with James Johnson who I played earlier called Ampersand in the 1999 he was asking me about what I was doing in music and stuff like that and it was really nice to hear that he had uh, been dabbling again a couple of years ago. He put together a wee band called A Shango Bone, which features uh, some other Tronent characters, Brunton, Addy, and someone on drums who I'm not very sure who that is, and maybe someone from Edinburgh. They did an EP, it's on Bandcamp, and this is a great track called Nights on Fast Lanes, A Shango Bone. You called in a nightly warning but I cannot agree
unmistakable sound of Paul's guitar at the end there. That one surprised me, like, in a really good way. And not because I thought it was going to be bad, but I just hadn't realised that Paul was uh, was doing it in the music again. Uh, so to see that he had not only put a wee band together, they had actually went and recorded an EP, and a good EP at that, 2018, A Shango Bone. So earlier on in this episode, uh, I mentioned the, the Bristol sessions, and myself and James Johnson, and Jed Johnson being part of that wee collective as a kind of one-off recording experience in 2000 down in Bristol. Jed still lives there, still records music. He's recorded a hell of a lot of music, including a self-titled album in 2020. So we hear a wee song from that, uh, his opening song. It's called Away from Jed's album, 2020. Got a long history making music with Jed, actually. Going back to even before the rain, 1994, 95. Jamming with Jed and James, Alan Crow up at Salton Hall. And nothing but great fond memories of that time. This is Away by Jed Johnson.
Great stuff, man. Just thinking about some of the just weird stuff back in the day, jamming with Jed and just the sort of chaos that surrounded them back then. Uh, it was crazy. Just yeah, random memory as well. One night, just uh, him and I just jumped in the van on a random Wednesday night with a drum kit in the back, guitar, big bag of cans, went up to the woods and Caitlin picnic site, just jammed in the woods in the dark for hours. Probably played some of his songs and then maybe played the Oasis, the Jam, stuff like that. Kind of strange. Brilliant memory. Probably would have been 94. Chuck the stuff in the van, back home. Kip, work the next day. Standard night of that age. Weird. But anyway, uh, we've got back up to kind of present day. And uh, I suppose the purpose of this podcast, uh, initially at least anyway, was for me to be able to kind of talk about my music and promote it. Uh, and I've enjoyed playing other music as well. It's been really good, especially going back in this nostalgia fest in this episode. Really enjoyed that. So as I mentioned, I did an album in uh, this year, a few months ago. It was out called Fragments. The reason it was called that, it was the, the lyrics from one of the songs that really weirdly never actually made it onto the album. Uh, and it's just one of these weird songs that I've got now that I don't really have a place for it. The stuff that I'm doing for the next kind of project, it just doesn't really fit into that. Uh, and it never made it onto the last album, as I said, and it's kind of just sitting there. Uh, and it might end up in the bin, and I'd rather it didn't. So I'm going to make it an exclusive and play it on this uh, this podcast episode now. The song is called uh, Straight for the Heart. And uh, yes, rejected from the last album. And uh, yeah, let's just chuck it on. Let's make it an exclusive. Trying to look the part A snip through 
that I suppose you just kind of reappraise things uh, as time goes on uh, probably listening back to that I, I don't know why I never put that on the album I think it's it's potentially better than a couple of songs that I did put in the album, which is weird uh, yeah, it's out there now that's it no going back also kind of weird that I must have worked on that song after I finished the album because there's stuff on there when I just listened to it there uh, that I never really remembered I had a kind of demo of it on my phone that I listened to a few times recently 
And some of that stuff wasn't on there. The lyrics were a bit different and some of the harmonies and kind of keyboards weren't there. So I must have worked on that a wee bit uh, after the record. I just, I can't really remember doing that. But anyway, Straight for the Heart by The Last Ghost, exclusive to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. So apologies, I guess. I mean, this wasn't really supposed to be a nostalgia episode. Uh, It wasn't what I kind of set out to do when I was thinking of doing a podcast today. Uh, I was going to play newer songs by unsigned artists and uh, I will get back to that for the next episode. I will return to that format again. But uh, I just felt like going in a different direction today and just delving back into the past. I hope that's okay. So to move away from the past, let's finish the episode with something really current. Uh, Alan Grierson released a solo EP a couple of weeks ago and it's a fantastic EP. Three really great, strong songs. Really enjoy that EP. I'm really glad that he's just uh, putting his stuff out and and doing really well with it. People are really digging it uh, and he's getting a lot of kind of play on Spotify and radio and stuff like that and deservedly so. So just to say again, thanks very much for listening. Uh, This is our last song, Alan Grierson, Sinking Sand 2021 from his EP.
So there we go. A song by Alan Grierson ending the podcast, just as a song by Alan Grierson started the podcast. Unintentional, full circle there, but completely coincidental that the first song we heard on the podcast brings me down, also written by Alan 25 years ago. Nice to see that people are still doing their thing. Okay, folks, thanks very much for spending your time on this podcast, giving it a listen. Hope you enjoyed it. See you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks very much for listening. This has been The Message, a podcast by The Last Ghost. If you enjoyed this, please like it or subscribe to it, depending on what podcasting platform you use, or YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, whatever it is that you do on these things. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. If you want to know any more about stuff that I'm doing, things that I'm saying, uh, please visit Twitter at the last ghost ray. That's all, folks. Goodbye. This is the message.